Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking this time out out of your busy schedule to join us as we declare the word of the Lord and to join our services. I hope you enjoy that praise and worship. That was from the heart and we want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And so we're going to dive right into our lesson that we've been studying. We've been talking about Christ, our hope in life and death. This is part four to our series. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's dive right into the word of God. Father God, I thank you for this time as I share with your people. I pray none of me, but all of you. Grant unto me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for granting to your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. I thank you, Father, for the resurrection power that lives on the inside of us. I thank you that because Jesus got up, we too will get, one, get up one day. I thank you that our hope is that we that our, the redemption of our bodies, our, we are craving, we're yearning, we're groaning within ourselves, Father. We're groaning with even utterance that, um, within utterance and, and prayers that we can't even put our native tongue to, that we too want to be clothed with this immortality. We want to be clothed with that which is imperishable. Father, I thank you, Father, for that hope that we have beyond this life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for raising Jesus from the dead. I thank you that our resurrection is rooted in the resurrection of Christ. I thank you for that resurrection. Because he got up, we too will get up one day. I thank you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken, quicken our mortal bodies. And we thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Father. We honor you. We thank you for this time of the word. I thank you that the word sets us free. The word liberates us. I thank you for that same resurrection power is available now. We access it by faith. I thank you that that power goes into through this camera and it reaches that, that body. It destroys and eradicates coronavirus and COVID-19. I speak to these, vi these this virus and this disease and I curse it at, a root, at, at its roots and I command it to go. If anyone who's watching that, is, is, that has it, I, I, I speak to your body by the power and authority of the name of Jesus. I say, be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And I thank you for it in Jesus name, amen. So we're gonna continue our subject, Christ, our hope in life and death, part four. And this will conclude our study in this. As we talk about the resurrection, um, I, want, I want us to look at a few things. Um, the resurrection produces at least three things. The first one, it produces the assurance of every believer. This is our assurance based on Romans 8, verses 16 through 24. The assurance for every believer. Number two, it produces the source of our power every day, or the source of power in our daily lives. The source of power in our daily lives. That's based on Romans 8, verse 4. And then it produces comfort. The resurrection produces comfort, which is John chapter 14, verses um, 16 and 26. John chapter 14, verses 16, 26. 
Again, the resurrection produces the assurance of every believer, the source of power of our daily lives, and the comfort. God wants us to be transformed by the power of, of the resurrection every single day. So we should access that resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And, and, and as we go through Philippians, so let's go over there to Philippians chapter 3. Um, one of my favorite passages, Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says this. It says, and be found in him. Think about it. We want to be found in Christ. We were born in the first Adam, but we're born again into the second Adam. Be found in Christ. So when God sees us, let us let him see us in Christ. Be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but the righteousness that comes through the faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So there's two kinds of righteousness. The word righteousness means right standing. That's one of the definitions, the right standing. And it's also the ability to stand in the presence of God with any, without any sense of guilt or condemnation or shame. The ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. So you can obtain righteousness, which is through the law, by doing the right things, your works. Or you can be righteous by obtaining, by having faith in Christ and receiving the righteousness that he is that Christ imputed unto us his righteousness and God imputed our sins upon Christ. And so Christ becomes our righteousness, according to 1 Corinthians, that Christ is our righteousness. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and so forth. And so Paul says you can either obtain righteousness through the law or you can obtain righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is through faith. And it goes on, verse 10, that I may know him. What a powerful passage that I may know him. Notice it takes righteousness doing God that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and that we may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Notice this, that there are three forms or three um, levels of intimacy with God that we may know him, the desire to know him, the pursuit of him, and that we may know the power of his resurrection. That same power that resurrected Christ from the dead, that we may know him through his power. And last, that we may know him through his sufferings. And so that power, many of us are living beneath our God-given ordained privileges. Why? Because of the lack of knowledge of how the resurrection empowers us. The resurrection of Christ empowers us daily to have victory every single day. That same power that got Jesus from up from the grave will get us up from our beds, will motivate us, will energize us, empower us to live this Christian life. That same power will get us up out of our sin, our sins. That same power will get us out of the miry clay and put us on a higher plane. That power gives us the ability to resurrect a dead marriage and make it alive or a dead relationship, causing the wisdom of God and the understanding of God to be available to us. There are three realities that we must live in. Three realities. One, Christ has died. Christ has died. We have to believe that he died. Now, he just didn't die for himself, but he died for our sins. He doesn't have sin. He's the sinless Christ. He's the sinless Christ. 
He died for our sins. So Christ has died. Two, Christ is risen. And three, Christ will come back, will come back again or will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come back or come again or, yeah, come again. So those are three realities, past, present, and future. Who was, who is, and is to come. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. He has died, he is risen, and he will come again. Those are three realities. Remember, we're talking about Christ, our hope in life and death. Christianity is in its very essence, a resurrection religion. Let me say that again. Christianity is in its very essence, a resurrection religion. The concept of resurrection lies at its heart. Christianity is, if, it, if it's not about the resurrection, it's dead. Don't tell the gospel without any reference to the resurrection of Jesus. It's not enough to just have Jesus dying for our sins. But we also must believe that God raised him from the dead. So this is why I want to discourage you from wearing crosses with, with a, a figure of Jesus on it. Jesus is no longer on the cross. He has he's, he's risen and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is alive and well, and he ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. And he's coming back again. He's going to reign. And, and we're going to reign with him as his children, or as his brothers and sisters. The Father is our Father. Jesus is our Savior, our Lord, and our big brother. No person can claim to be a Christian without believing in the resurrection. Let me say that again. No person can claim to be a Christian without the resurrection, without believing in the resurrection. The Bible knows such, knows no such believer. According to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and what do you have to believe? Believe that God has raised him from the dead. So you can't even be saved without believing in the resurrection of Jesus. A Christian is someone who believes in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ and lives in light of the implications of that event. Let me say it again. A Christian is someone who believes in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ and lives in light of the implications of that event. And so we believe in a physical resurrection. And we also believe that we too shall be resurrected from the dead. Romans 1 and verse 4 says that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus is the Son of God in power because of his resurrection. The Son of God in power. Jesus was vindicated as the, as, the, as the Savior and Lord with unique and global power. Jesus died for our sins and was raised for our justification. What is justification? It is the declaration that we are right before God. God declared that we're right before him because of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we were raised Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification. Now, I'm going to give you three points about this wonderful resurrection. Remember, we're talking about Christ is our hope in life and death. The first point is our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. We identify with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he lived a life, he lived for us, he died for us. He was raised for us and he's coming back for us. And so that is our identity. He was in the belly of the earth 
and our identity. The Bible talks about we were baptized into his death and our sins were carried away. It was um, he was buried with our sins was buried with the worthy lamb of God. It is more than just a regular death. It is the divine lamb of God. It was a death beyond our understanding. Jesus took care of our sins. And so with that in mind, I want to look at three scriptures that talks about us being raised together with Christ. The first one can be found in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 is right after the book of Philippians. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. And it says this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So here is the re living reality that we have been raised up with Christ. Again, our identity is in Christ. Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says this. It says that we, have, we, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. It says we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that we too shall uh, be raised from the dead and walk in the newness of life. Again, that's a scripture that's referring to to us being resurrected with Christ. What's your identity? Your identity is in Christ Jesus. Who are you? It's who, who Christ, we are in him. We live and move and have our existence. It is through Christ that we identified. Father God sees us through Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verses five through six. Ephesians chapter two, verse five through six says, even when we, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with him, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we were buried with him. We were raised together with him and we are seated together in heavenly places with Christ. That speaks of our positional, positional truths. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ and we're seated together. Notice that no... Many times people want to um, talk about coming before God, but we're seated at his right hand. No other creature is seated at the right hand of God but us. And so we're seated together in heavenly Christ, Christ, in heavenly places in Christ. We were raised up with Christ according to Ephesians um, 2.6. We were crucified with Christ according to Galatians 2.20. So what is these terms, right, when we think about it? They are our identification with Christ. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in every true believer. The same power, the same spirit that raised Christ, God through the Holy Spirit raised Christ to raised Christ from the dead. And he has, he's risen us from the dead. Amen. Um, he, Christ is our substitute. Christ is our substitute. What is a substitute? I think about often a substitute teacher. It's somebody who's representing the teacher. Christ is our substitute. Christ did not die for himself. He did not die as a sinner. He died as the, the precious lamb of God, the sinless lamb of God. He died as the, the divine son of God. He took upon our sins. He took upon our poverty. 
He took upon our sickness and disease. He took upon our what would cost us a cost for our peace, to have peace with God. Substitute. I did a little study on substitute. It simply means the work of Jesus Christ as something done in place of on behalf of others. It also means instead of or the account of. All that Jesus did, he did for us. Let me say that again. All that Jesus did, he did for us. His birth was for our benefits, benefit. His life was for our life. His life saved our life. It is through his life our deliverance was wrought for us to be freed from the wrath to come. His life was necessary for his death to be in our place. Let me say that again. His life was necessary. His sinless life was necessary for, in order for his death to be in our place. He died. His death was for us. He received the punishment of death in order to give us life. He received the punishment of death in order to give us life. His resurrection for our, was for our justification, our declaration of being in right standing with God. So we have right standing with God. When God sees us, he does not see us as a, as a sinner. He sees us as children of God with the blood of Jesus applied to our lives. And so God has done a great work in Christ and the Holy Spirit. When we receive Christ, applied that work to our lives. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. What a powerful passage. Let's go with verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So no longer do we have beef with God. No longer are we estranged from God, but we have peace with God. At one point we were enemies of God, but now we are children of God. And verse two says, through him we have also access, obtained access by faith into this grace where in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Jump down with, to verse 10. Verse 10 says, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. So we see this passage talking about how it is because of the resurrection of Christ. It's because of the life of Christ that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here are some terms that you as a Christian need to familiarize yourself with. Many times Christians believe certain things that the Bible says, but they don't understand the terminology. So you need to know why you believe what you believe. Here are some terms that you should write down. Take some time to write this down. One is redemption. What is redemption? Understand what it is. Reconciliation. What is that? Justification. Propitiation. Mediator. Sin. Regeneration. Let me say it again. Regeneration. Um, met, um, Mediator, sin, propitiation, propitiation, justification, reconciliation, and redemption. Those are terms that as a, as a Christian you need to be familiar with because those are biblical terms. The divine exchange, what was accomplished in Jesus was accomplished for us in order for it to be accomplished in us or applied to us. So you really can't go too deep for the cross, understanding the cross. 
A substitute, a substitute does not does what others cannot do and must not even try to do. So Jesus is not only our example, the world likes to look at Jesus as our example, a man of compassion, a man of a great teacher, a great prophet. But he's more than a prophet. He's more than a man. He's more than just a miracle worker. He is the son of God, the divine son of God. He is the son of man. He is God manifested in the flesh. Jesus is something, someone beyond the human, beyond human. He is the God man, God in flesh, the word becoming flesh. Now, this resurrection, again, our identity is in Christ Jesus. My second point is this. His resurrection is our hope. Jesus removed the sting of death and made, made sin powerless so that we can walk in righteousness. We too are dead to sin because he died to it so that we can live or be alive to God. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 15. You know, we've been in 1 Corinthians 15 for quite some time. And it talks about the resurrection. It talks about death. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in the latter part, let's look at verse 50. Verse 50, it says this, I tell you this. Actually, let's jump down to verse 54. It says, uh, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? <laughs> O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, that whatever God is going to do, he's going to do it through Jesus. Whatever he's going to do for us, he did it through Jesus. And he says, here is a sentence from Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Death is swallowed up in victory. You think about death. Death cannot hold the Son of God down. Jesus defeated death, the grave, and hell. Jesus defeated Satan. And we see that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. The key, it says that he died to sin once. Sin has lost its power over humanity. The key is for humanity to repent of their sins and to believe in the life and death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They too will walk in the freedom that Jesus died to make them free from, from the power of sickness and disease and spiritual death and poverty. We are free. We are alive to God and dead to sin. Let us realize the vitality of the resurrection of the Lord. We too will be raised up from the dead. Again, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall make us alive. Let's go over there. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And let's look at verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says this. It says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Jump down to verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead 
dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will raise us up in that great day. And last week we talked about the resurrection of the dead and the importance of it. So we got the two points is one is our identity is in Christ and two, our resurrection or his resurrection is our hope. So a couple questions. Why is the resurrection so important? One, without the resurrection, we cannot be saved. That's one. Without the resurrection, we cannot be saved. Number two, the resurrection is the demonstration of God's power in its fullness. It is the demonstration of God's power in its fullness. And number three, the resurrection, his resurrection is, our, is the source of our resurrection. This is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, which we just read, will quicken, quicken or make alive our mortal bodies and we too will be raised from the dead. So as we end, I want to leave you some application. How can we walk in the power of the resurrection of Christ? How can we apply this resurrection? One is to, to walk in the newness of life. When we sin, remember that God through Jesus has destroyed sin. The power of sin over us is by Jesus getting up. So that power is the power of sin has been broken over our lives. Number two, we got to rely on the power of the resurrection. Rely on the power of the resurrection. When we're facing challenges in any circumstance, we need to realize that that power will raise us up over whatever we're facing. Cease from struggling and striving and walk in the newness of life by relying on the power of the resurrection. Every day, I want you to think about the resurrection of Christ. I wanna challenge you, be intentional with your thoughts. Don't just let thoughts come to you. You think about thoughts of God. You think God's thoughts after him. Think about the resurrection. Think about the cross, but don't stay at the cross. Think about the resurrection and how God raised Christ from the dead. He'll raise us up from the dead. And then number three, Stop making excuses for our defeat. Stop making excuses for our defeat. There's no excuse for us to go down one moment in time and defeat. Father God, Father God got Jesus up from the dead, and he'll also get us up for that, from that great day. As I end, I want us to think about this song that inspired this, this message. The name of the song is Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. And it says, what is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to him belong? Who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us at to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ, our hope in life and death. What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood. Who holds our faith when fear, fears arise? Who stands above the stormy trial? Who sends the waves that brings us nigh unto the shore, the rock? of Christ. Unto the grave, what shall we sing? 
Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. There we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in endless joy when Christ is, our, is ours forevermore. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope sings eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ, our hope in life and death. Thank you, Lord. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.